0: We're available on Facebook as Latin Proud Orlando and on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and ¡Vamos Orlando! Welcome everyone to Latin Pratt Orlando. Thank you so much for being live with us uh, Thursday, October the fifth, eight forty one p.m. Thank you for being uh, live with us. Uh, a fantastic win by the Orlando City Lions. Uh, I will say one of the best wins. Uh, I think it would say the one of the most important wins in the year for sure. It's against Nashville. I think Orlando. But we'll talk about the form of Orlando City, but more than likely. I think uh, I just want to give a huge praise to Oscar Pareja and their staff on how they turned around the boat completely uh, 360 degrees. Uh, this squad is like ready to hunt for the MLS Cup. So we are all in, poppy in, right? Poppy in, all in, right there, Orlando City, the whole fan base. And then I want to commend everyone, everyone. Every single person that loves soccer in the United States that lives in Orlando, come to Exploria Stadium this weekend against New England because the boys are going to need it. it. Is our last home game after obviously we hit the playoffs, right? We we will see our playoffs. Um, Hopefully, we have a playoff here and there uh, at Exploria, but. Uh, It's our last home game. We need to definitely show the boys that we're definitely ready to support them and be that 12th man. Uh, And we're actually getting some clam chowder uh, on Saturday. We are. This New England team is very diminished. It's not the same New England team we faced in the past. Orlando has a huge opportunity to definitely capitalize in the first half, at least be up two or three goals. And then just cruise control. Maybe see some Thomas Williams on the lineup. Maybe even see some uh, Junior Urso for a whole second half. So I think it'll be great for our depth. And we asked that question to Oscar Perejo in press conference. We said, "How about that depth that you have now?" You know, since you are arriving in Orlando City, you have I think the most depth. And he said, "You know what? I feel confident that any any anyone that comes from the bench is gonna definitely know now." how do we want to play and knows our rival in and out. So um, I think we found the sauce, right? We found the Michael Jordan's uh, secret juice, right? Like in Space Jam, right? So I think that's uh, fantastic news for Orlando City. John's with me. i to give hello to Paula as well. I know that she's a little busy today, but uh, we'll definitely miss her. Uh, she'll be back next week. John, how are you, my friend? A fantastic win against a uh, tough rival nashville yeah
1: nashville i mean i feel like for some reason we struggle against these teams who wear yellow you know like columbus
0: <laughs> we see that we had a problem with columbus yeah.
1: like i don't know if we were, our record against them is not great and our record against nashville is i think probably like our worst record on like head-to-head or one of them up there it just seemed like that team the you know the there's the open cup we managed to beat them on penalties but outside of that they seem to have our number we just couldn't like beat them we got a lot of draws or losses to them you know if you look back to way back to 2020 was the last time we beat nashville outside well actually in mls i believe so and that's the year they came in so they've been causing us problems for a while so it was great to get that win and great to get the win in their house you know because earlier in the year in um in April they came into town and took you know points away from us in our house so we replied and get that get that win so it was good to see and the boys you know it played well they they didn't play very attractive soccer Luis, and we do play very attractive soccer right we play we play beautiful sort of tiki-taka style And they were playing sort of. um, I was texting my dad about it, and uh, we were both thinking that they played like Stoke did when they were in the Premier League. Just kind of a horrible long ball, like, you know, no no build up play, just hit hit it to the fast guy or the big guy up top and like try and get the ball down to Hani, like, you know. And so I was like, this is kind of ugly from Nashville. It's not pretty. And what we were doing. Like we always are, you know, is a bit of lots of passes, lots of movement off the ball, you know, using openers, wingers, of creativity, everything revolving around the ten. I thought um, Mauricio had a good and bad game. You know, he had some moments where he looked good, but other times where he could have done better. But all in all, like a solid performance of us, especially defensively. You know, um, Nashville got a lot of assets like Pico and Courage. Uh, Big guy up top, you know, Hanni Mukhtar. obviously keeping those three guys out from scoring at all was was massive. Pedro obviously was came up with some good saves. Jansen, I think, just had an incredible match, right? I think Jansen, this is probably one of his best games of the season. And he's you know, he he is not slowing down and he's handling all these games uh really well, which is great to see. And this was probably his best game so far. So, all in all, just like another great away win. Like, who are we, Luis? We're the team that seems to keep going and getting away wins at places that are like really hard to get points. Like we went to, you know, um, Cincinnati and got points at a place that no one else had. And now we've gone to Nashville and taken points in a place where I would, not 100% on the stats, but if I'd have to guess, it's pretty difficult to get some points.
0: You know, and that's what Oscar said, you know. Um, you know, he said that he, he's built a group that understands the games. They understand the teams that they face. Uh, so when they rotate, it really doesn't matter who comes in and out. They feel uh, they feel very confident. They feel now very confident that they know, you know, those kids are coming into the pitch. They know how to continue pushing forward and maintain us in the game. So I think he's found the you know, the secret sauce because you mentioned it on the last pod. Uh, Ojeda probably being a starter, right? Giving Angulo a rest. Um, And that's exactly what he did. He switched Torres to the left, and he looked even more dangerous (laughs) because, like, I don't know, but these three guys were just switching places. Um, Not so much Parada, but at least Ojeda and Torres was switching wings tremendously. It was really confusing um, the back line uh, from Nashville. And then I'm going to say the back line for Orlando had a massive, massive game uh, against Nashville. I think to me, Santos played a 10 out of 10 game. Rodrigo Schlegel, incredible. But you know, I'll be honest with you, we would need to see more of him in this level. Right. Um, now, because we've seen um not so good Rodrigo Schlegel sometimes going, you know, going for the balls, for the long balls, you know, we've seen uh, Rodrigo Schlegel being outpowered, right? Outrun. Right. So um, in, in this case, uh, he completely saved Orlando from almost a draw. Right. Um, and also Kyle Smith. The, the the welcome back Kyle Smith. Dagger Dan took a, a breather. He had some minutes in the second half. But I, I felt that like he he was pretty spot on defensively as well. So depth, my friends. And then it's it, it was not only that it was also Antonio Carlos is back. Yeah, Antonio Carlos is gonna be back, you know, and which, you know, I think is gonna be fantastic having um, a hundred um a whole squad pretty much healthy, right? Uh, this is how um, Nashville lined up, you know, and I'll be honest with you, um, they were playing horribly, and I believe this organization, which is a really good organization, I'm not gonna talk trash about them. I think they were, uh, I think they're a great organization. I, I believe they are putting too much of a of a baggage on on Hany Mukhtar and we we understand that we understand that he's definitely a a, a fantastic player but you can to have a horrible nine like Seric and Fafa Picoult and expect greatness from Godoy and you know you're also on the back line yesterday Meher and Lovitz were completely trash Zimmerman was just like oh my god like this is insane so I think uh, they need to boost this team if they really don't want to slip down and maybe hopefully not make playoffs next year because um, they look like, I mean, they look really not the Nashville that we know about. Oh, well,
1: they lost Ryan, and that was more impactful than they yeah. realized, you know. Sam Thurge is not a replacement of Zerda. Like, he's a different kind of player. They've gone for a different direction. Um, also, I think that, you know, to have the, probably the best ten in the league or up there and one of the best center backs in the league and to be where they are. You know, like imagine if we had a guy like Walker Zimmerman in our team. Our guy, like we have, all, you know, we have a who's close to Hani Mukhtar, but he hasn't hit the numbers that Hani Mokhtar has hit in the last three, four years. So arguably they got two of the best guys in positions in the whole league and to be down in seventh with the other assets they have. I think just they, they've been riding on those coattails with doing that defensive style, like sort of, you know, um, counterattacking, di- very direct football for a long time. And I think it's sort of the, everyone's figured it out now, you know, and they know how to play against Nashville and Oscar's figured it out too. And he knows what to do. And did you see their coach was complaining in, uh, in the press conference afterwards about us time-wasting which I well, find um, very ironic because earlier in the year they did that to us to take a one-nil picture.
0: I mean, everyone in soccer baseball. does this.
1: Yeah, like, it's a Nashville love, like, a poppy special. They'll do the same thing that we did, go yeah, to a I team, mean, get one up, and sit, like, so it's hypocritical.
0: Yeah, everyone in soccer does it, and if they're not used to that, then, I mean, honestly, like, um it's 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 okay. I mean I know that Galeze is a is a pro at that, so uh we'll talk about that in a little bit. Anthony Solis, he says, Thank you. Good win for Orlando. Not easy beating the best defensive team in the league away. There you go. Jim D. Welcome back, Jim D. Where you been, my friend? have you been lost? Are you coming back home? Benaki, Benaki. No, I'm just kidding. Jim D, for the most part, OC was in full control of that match. It looked like we were playing keep away and they hardly touched the ball. It says, not to mention Schlegel had three outstanding matches. Completely agree. Yeah. You know, we're playing like a, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but like I'm more like a South American, like, you know, like, you know, like heavy press. Uh, Everyone was pressing the ball. I was really, 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 really impressed with how Duncan Maguire's stamina, my friend. Like this guy doesn't get tired. I mean, he was running behind Mukhtar, and he's a stri- he's the number nine. He's supposed to be a little bit, you know, kind of like do what Kara was doing in the beginning of the season, right? Uh, in that position that he has, he could definitely do that. I mean, you never saw at Stoke, you know, Peter Crouch running uh running trying to press a guy in the mid in in the mid box right i mean you 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 never did so i mean but i mean every single player in that team was just playing defensively very good uh so i think that definitely made a huge strides because we're going to be playing some of those teams from the west that are going to be complicated like maybe st louis hopefully hopefully not um you know but you know, I, I believe that that was that. And um, let's let's talk a little bit about um, Duncan Maguire because Duncan Maguire in Orlando City and their strikers and the rookie strikers, right? Kyle Aaron, Daryl DK, you know. And now Duncan Maguire scored his twelve gold, uh, uh, twelve goal across all competitions. His tenth of the regular season, and Maguire became the fifth player in the MLS history to score at least ten regular season goals in the year uh in the year that they were drafted out of college so the year they were drafted, like, 10 goals like I mean and not only that he was making passes he was pressing he was defending he was going back and forth outstanding performance with uncle Maguire. were you were you uh did you scream when when he scored uh John
1: I was I did a bit yeah <laughs> I just jumped off of oh, on the couch but yeah he was it was sort of one of those, like, how has he done that sort of things I was like, oh, he can't score. Like, it was uh, seemingly one of those, if you try and put it in the near post, the keeper will make the easy save. But he just put it so perfectly on the post, and it came that the keeper, you know, just didn't know what to do, and it all happened so quickly. It was such a beautiful finish from him. And another example of him uh, not giving up on the play, right? And uh, like you said, Several times in this game, he came way back and make tackles in midfield.
0: No, I I completely agree. I think he he was phenomenal. I think he's having a, you know, you said it right. Have him score once, he's gonna go hot again. So, we're hoping that against New England, you know, will we see a hat trick? I mean, if we see a hat trick from Duncan McGuire, he should be Rookie of the Year. I mean, if he doesn't get Rookie of the Year, and we'll talk about the. I mean you know, worse if, in just a second. If but Duncan it,
1: scores a hat-trick in playoffs, Paula's gonna lose it. She's gonna she's yeah. gonna lose it. She doesn't won't know what to do. I mean, she wants to see a hat trick anyway, but if we see a hat-trick from you know a rookie player, like that's I don't know how many rookies have scored hat-tricks no. in their first season, right? Like that's that's gotta be a rare feat. Um, but like you said, he's he's already breaking records and there's two games left in the season. Uh, and I think really, they they can't not give it to him. I would be, I would be annoyed if they didn't give him Rookie of the Year you know, based he, on the stats that he's putting out.
0: I agree with you, and um, honestly, uh, I, I'm gonna say this: um, not only just him and, and his wonderful performance, but uh, Martino Heda. I mean, Martino Heda. In my opinion, he's the glorified super sub that we have, right? Um, super sub because he 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 started in this game, but usually he comes off as a sub, and he doesn't he performs very well coming as a sub. So I think Oscar has him as a you know jack of all Traits type of type of game you know type of player. He collected his tenth assist of the year uh, um, on the Duncan finish. Uh, which is tied for the team lead, alongside Mauricio Pereira. So right now, each each one of those players right now, there's 20 assists between both of them, right there. Those two right there, uh, amazing. I, mean, that,
1: I knew that you know, in other years, Mauricio would be getting that number or more right in assists because he was that main guy for us. And when Ojeda came in, I thought, okay, great, he's going to contribute with goals. But it's really turned out that his main contribution has been assists, right? Like you said, I mean, he's he's turned into a guy who just seems to always be doing the right thing and making the pass perfectly, like he did for Duncan last night, um, and setting guys up. And that's how he ends up with less time on the field than Mauricio, I imagine, right? I'll have to check the stats on that, but he's on almost level because he's so effective at getting those amazing passes and and putting guys into positions where they can put the ball in the back of the net.
0: An amazing game also by El Pulpo. El Pulpo, Pedro Galese. Pedro Pedro Galese, right? Master of the Dark Arts. Amazing. I mean, you, you tweeted i think that he was doing uh some dark arts right and if you want to go dive in into that real quick that was good that's a good tweet
1: i just did something but you gotta pull up i'll show you yeah i'm, I'm gonna like, pull it up right me. now
0: hold on let me see we'll look you up
1: to be honest with you i've been playing a lot of boulders gate 3 which is a D based um you know video game so i just have a world of video games and and soccer collided. And I thought about I thought about this hilarious moment that happened in the game last night. So I came up with this funny little tweet about um, Pedro trying to, you know, the ref trying to, like, get Pedro to, to speed up play and Pedro casting a spell of dark arts back on them somehow. I don't know what happened there, Luis, because the camera was so situated on Pedro. And then the ball was, like, back on the field, but the ref had gone to go see him. Until he used this ball, so the ref like screwed himself, and Pedro like just cheekily stood there and was like, "Well, if you tell me to use this ball, and I can't, I'm just gonna leave the other one over there." And then he was like, "Go, go!" And he was like, "I can't go. The other ball's on the <laughs> field." Like, and then the guy had to go get it, and that was like another forty-five seconds at least. I think you know, maybe thirty to forty-five seconds. So just another example of pedro you know he he has this amazing ability to take the slowest goalkeeper kicks of all time like he he just does everything like i'll take a good 10 seconds to do this action then another 10 seconds to do this action and uh that one just really made me chuckle and i think uh <laughs> it was just entertaining to watch the ref try to speed things up and it backfired entirely. <laughs> and end up taking more uh, more time. Were you laughing at home at that situation? I, I hope you were.
0: No, no, of course. I mean, it's pro. It's just, it's. I mean, all we got to do is either cry or laugh, my friend. And uh, I just still say we, we should not have this type of officiating or such rookie referees refereeing a World Cup. We will be the joke. Because now, FIFA, and I'm going to add it real quick. I know people from South America that speak English also listen to the show and watch the show. But it's, it's, a, it's a disgrace what they're doing with the World Cup now. It's so many teams now, number one. It it lowers the the, the, the level of play, in my opinion. Number two, now they're going to be doing 2030. They're going to start the World Cup the the three the three uh, the preliminary so the the first matches of the World Cup is going to be in Uruguay, Paraguay and Argentina, and then they're going to take the World Cup to Spain, Morocco and 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 you know, and Portugal. I'm like, what are you guys doing? What happened with just having one country or maybe okay, two Korea, Japan, two thousand and two, and blah blah blah. You know, okay. Two, you know, America, uh, United States doing three with Mexico and Canada. Okay, but all right, I take three. Then you the Uruguay, then do it in, in Facundo's uh, hometown. Why doing all of this? I think they're killing it. I, I think, think they want a
1: a payout from multiple countries. I think right? they're That's just I they're, think they're, they're just saying like we're bringing economic revenue to this country and they get a they get a share. They including.
0: should just honestly just do it in Uruguay because it's the 100th World Cup and the first World Cup was in Uruguay in 1930. Yeah. In 1930 something so they it's something like you said,
1: they've started to trend into doing, splitting the nations to yeah, get it. And, uh, some nations, like, generally don't have enough, like, major stadiums.
0: Exactly. So,
1: like, that I understand. Yeah. But, like, some of these countries are well-established soccer nations. Yeah, Uruguay,
0: America Argentina. That have a lot Argentina.
1: of major stadiums with big teams. Wow. So, you know, I think it's, it's – I, I, even the one – 2024 like why isn't it just in the u.s or just in mexico or just in canada
0: well why, why America, do we need to well, all of well, North the u.s America?
1: They're, they're doing it where they're like spreading around in a continent each time
0: it's ridiculous yeah, like it's, they want like yeah. to do what the u.n doesn't do <laughs> which is unite the nations yeah, yeah like
1: if you want to move around continents that's fine just pick one nation in each continent each time like it's not you don't i just i think the, the the inclusionism is is too much you know it's like we don't and there's also some nations that like uh, sorry but you don't deserve to to host the world cup like if there's yeah, a like nation right now for example like yeah
0: to, uh, look, because my own political own situations
1: or whatever else or monetary situations yeah, economically like yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. got host the world cup somewhere it's that's stable enough safe to
0: it. and safe for everybody right yeah, and, so there's
1: questions over you know it's happened before like what happened with the olympics in russia or like there you go back there's a huge amount of history of the olympics and and world cups and all sorts of sporting events being held in countries that were in some kind of turmoil or on state of unrest at the time and it backfiring so it's,
0: it's just no a, same with same, the same I mean,
1: making a lot of questionable decisions for many Yeah, years. like they're
0: like they're making it too complicated i know that the united states bid for 2022 uh and th- th- that backfired i know president obama even went to to the when they picked the actual world cup host and then he was like what cutter no come on man you know he pulled yeah. a Stephen a smith you know Qatar, all of a sudden, without not one single stadium, yeah, built. Oh, somehow, they got the World Cup in 2022. Well, a lot,
1: a lot of they used a lot of cheap workers out of Southeast Asia, and mm-hmm. like over you know thousands of people right. died building the Qatar. Like, I love the the World Cup, but we shouldn't. No one should be dying
0: building exactly. Stadiums. No, like
1: that's. It's just ridiculous. So,
0: so that's a different story. I
1: I think it should travel around the world for sure, but we just have to be going to places that are, you know, structurally able to hold it and take the the infrastructure and everything that goes along with it. It's a massive, massive event.
0: And you saw in
1: Qatar, like, also, there's a lot of issues. Like, there, you have issues socially, right? With some of the problems of the way that they live their lives very differently from the Western world. And I'm sorry, but the the World Cup is a Western sport event. Like, it is. It's from the Western powers that mainly play in it. So, you know, having it in something like an Eastern nation like Qatar would cause a lot of problems culturally. Uh, And so it's going to be more issues if you kind of start sending it to more and more obscure countries that aren't.
0: Well, let's let's dive in back into um, the show real quick. Uh, Let's read some comments. This is Gol de Boca. Oh, yeah. So it's a semifinal of Copa Libertadores. Uh, Boca Juniors is beating 1-0 Palmeiras. So former Antonio Carlos. Antonio Carlos playing Palmeiras, oh. It's a former team. Uh, GMD, I don't have Tuesday off anymore. I work super early, so I usually only watch about half an hour of the live podcast these days. I listen to the recording versions later. I'm getting old, I guess. No, no. Thank you, Jim D. I was joking. I was hey, we're, we're all getting old, man. Yeah, I know. We we're all, we're all got things to do and totally understand. But aside of the dark hearts of Pedro Galese, I will say we definitely have to feel very proud uh, as a or, fellow Orlando City and also Selección Peruana, people that are from Peru. I mean, he uh, the MLS put this out um, yesterday. And uh, thank you to MLS Communications for providing all that information to me. Uh, Orlando City, after winning 1-0 on the road tonight, Pedro Galeza became the first goalkeeper in Orlando City history to produce 10 clean sheets in a single season. Uh, And again, and I'm going to reiterate, because I got a lot of slack when I think it was a season or two ago, I said, hey, why isn't he the best? You know, Why is he nominated at the... You know why is this guy from New England? You know now he's an Arsenal. Uh, why is this guy from New England like the the, the the keeper of the year? He he's really not not all that. You know no the stats my own, oh, the stats. You know I'm like you know you got a guy that like Pedro he's excelling in his national team excelling in his home in his home club, like you know yeah it's a no brainer right? But no I mean I think this year he has the stats now. I think he has the stats. He has the numbers and he has the, um, you know, the great performances that he does in his home country and the great performances he has with Orlando city. I mean, every game there is a massive, Orla- uh, Pedro is save, and a shout out after shout out. So 10 clean sheets in a single season. What are your thoughts regarding that? John, I think it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's had another, You know, it's Pedro's certain amount of reliability now that we've known for years where he's able just to to churn out a lot of big results. I mean, he doesn't always, you know, he's not saving everything, every game, but like eight or nine times out of 10, he's there making those big saves. So in this league, that's enough to to put you in one of the top goalkeepers for sure. And I was looking at the stats um, on sort of like, the amount of saves that we conceived um versus like the amount of saves so i think also because our defense is better some of these other goalkeepers their stats are being boosted by the fact that their defense isn't that great in front of them so they're having to make a lot of saves like pedro this year hasn't had to make as many saves i think because we've been very defensively solid but when he has to he stepped up um, like nine times out of ten he's been there to and some incredible stops uh, and also there's just, you know, the intelligence to slow down the ball when when he needs to and, you know, the dark arts stuff. And he just he's always a leader. He's always got a smile on his face. Like for for what we pay him, Luis, or what he's what he's um, eating out of our salary cap. I think you can ask for any more from a keeper, really, like unless you're going to go out and go for like a Berkey or something like like St. Louis have where you go and spend like DP money on a keeper. Pedro is, a, you know, for this level, like, one of the best. And I think he should be considered for Goalkeeper of the Year. He's, he's in, in the awards. Um, we'll talk about that. They're, they released all of the different um, nominees, and Pedro was in there for Goalkeeper of the Year. I think probably his main competition is is probably guys like Berkey. And who is the national goalkeeper? I forget the name
0: of him. Uh Blake
1: Willis Willis no, no that's the Philly goalkeeper he Andre Blake was out for a long time usually oh, yeah, he would be up there, there but he was out for a long time so you know I think maybe Steve Clark but you know Houston haven't had I'm just looking at who else is high on the clean sheets you know I put a tweet out about this earlier today saves for a match you know New England are way up there on saves for a match like we're not in the top eight on saves for a match whereas Berkey is up there in the the top two of saves per match because St. Louis are defensively, you know, not that great. So he's having to make more saves than Pedro is per game. But, you know, our records are pretty equal. So that's the kind of stuff they'll take into account when they do, you know, goalkeeper of the year. But I think if he gets a couple more clean sheets with these last two games, then that'll equal everybody else, right? If, If these guys don't actually get clean sheets so he could possibly win that um, golden Glove award which is separate from goalkeeper of the year golden Glove I believe just goes to the guy with the most clean sheets
0: um I want to say that um Pedro Galese needs to stay in the MLS uh, okay. as a as a fellow Peruvian as a as a fellow as a orlando City I cover orlando City for over three seasons now uh, I will say that he needs to stay in the MLS Don't make the same mistake as Collins. Don't make the same mistake as Renato Tapia, my friend. If you're listening, you're watching. Because, you know, with this, in Peru, they they sell the the illusion that in Europe, you know, this is where you need to go, you know, to Europe, right? So you sign with just any small team from Spain that it's really non-relevant. And then the first bad game you have they bench you and then you don't come back out of the bench and that's what happened to Collins he and en- you know where he ended up John Alexander Collins after being a top three center back in the league he ended up in Greece He's being loaned strong. yep being loaned to Aek in Athens. He cannot play the Europa League because he's not been. Uh, he 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 can only play the Gre- the Greek League, so he cannot even play Europa. He he wasn't signed up. He came too late to the party. So it is pretty sad that how you can go from here in the MLS being a top three. Now, obviously, we're uh, it, it's a league that's developing. Obviously, we're not going to compare it to Europe, but we're making huge strides. Huge strides every year. Pedro, don't make the same mistake my friend you have everything here right uh and I'm sure the club is gonna you know if he wins goalkeeper of the year that's big paycheck in my opinion in my book I mean uh and I think he well deserved that I think the whole fan base is gonna agree with that you know um and and it, it is what it is uh and I think you know sooner than later you know, um, he'll be well-regarded here. He's going to be part of history of this club. You know, what if Orlando wins his first MLS Cup and Pedro is, is, is a goalkeeper? I mean, you know, he, he'll be cemented in club history forever. You know what I mean? So just uh, I tell this to every I mean, single... I mean, I
1: think he already is, right? I feel yeah. like, you know, obviously he says, like, let's say there in the comments is a club legend. I feel... I feel, you know, obviously like we talked about Miguel is the the goalkeeper of the USL era and Pedro is the goalkeeper of the MLS era. Like no one else, you know, I think will be remembered from this first part of our MLS history when we look back than Pedro and Cole.
0: Totally agree. And um, cherry on the cake right here, my friends, team of the match day. With the one of the, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna get a lot of slack for it. What a cold chested striker! I don't know why he's Dennis Buanga. How do you miss those goals against Inter, my friend, man? If Carlos Vela wanted to eat him alive, but anyways, he's he's right there. Sudurski Gold again two weeks back to back. Ryan Gold. and uh, Christian Roldan, Daniel Gasdag, Sheridan Shakiri. The most expensive player in the MLS before Messi. The Lego man beat the, the Le- Miami squad. That's right. That former Stoke City legend, right?
1: <laughs> I was gonna tell you that about Sam Sarich, who was playing for Nashville. He also played for Stoke at one time. Oh uh,
0: Frankie Amaya, Maddie Atmondson, uh Malty Atmondson. And look at that. Two two one well, one former lion and one current lion. Can we convince um, Richie O'Ray to
1: come back play right back for us? Like, come on, dude! I like, you, so. you you we went to Toronto. It. They like messed you around. you yes. went to Nottingham Forest. You got the promoted. You didn't. They yeah. said you're not good for the Premier League. He got booted back to Toronto. Then somehow he's now playing for Vancouver. I, yeah, um, which is horrible.
0: It's dude. Sad.
1: The only team that really ever loved you was Orlando City. Richie, come back.
0: Richie, you know, come back! Not that I
1: don't love Dagger Dad at right back yeah, and Mikey man. Holiday, but like next season, if we're shopping for a right back, let's let's put Rick Richie a nice offer and be like, "Come on, come!" Because imagine that—like he's such he a will, dynamic right back; he would imagine kill the him, him, him Like oh. that's that's a cheap option there of a guy that like knows the team, knows the club. If we were like go after him for some Tam or you know. Monopoly money, whatever you want to throw at Vancouver. We'll take anything probably because, you know, they're desperate. Um, you know, say, hey, come back to the sunshine. Get out of this horrible, you know, Canadian snow and get back down here, Richie, because we need a, we need a tough call to be right back. And it amazes me that a guy like him has been bounced around the league Correct. and no one sees his value. On, like, if I was Toronto, I never would have let him go. Like, I get, we went to Europe. I get that. But why, when he came back, did they not? I, I don't know. I think he tried to get out of there because they're such a mess.
0: Yeah. And uh, I would say uh, then Robin Jansen. Phenomenal. I think.
1: Oh, uh, R- Nick, Nick says he gets paid $1.2 million. It oh, must have been big payday from Vancouver.
0: $1.2
1: Still, I mean, you know. If we can make it work, I'd get him in for that. Well, I mean, honestly, quality.
0: if you want to, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, if Orlando gets far in the playoffs, which I, I'm, I'm sure they will, I, I'm going to say this right now. Like if we can make 5th, it in the
1: cap, we can afford
0: it. Yeah. October 5th, 9, 17 p.m. Orlando City, yeah, I said it. It's going to make it far in the playoffs. Right now I'm saying it. And, okay, if I eat my words, I eat my words, but. 1.2 million, it's like nothing in, in the soccer world. I'm sorry. Uh, there are rookies that get paid uh, 1.2 million. And I think if this team, if this squad, if, if this organization wants to make it, I think next season, uh, after we prove that we can definitely win the big one, we definitely need to open the wallet. We're not going to be the most, uh, the less, uh, what's it called? The the less invested MLS team in the whole league right I mean they invested I think the least so you know so so
1: yeah I mean it's um we we will be opening like we are what is it I think third from bottom in our wage overall total wages and so what we're doing with the amount we're paying out compared to some of these other teams, Luis is like value for money wise. Oscar's Oscar's doing a lot with less than some of these other clubs. Hmm. There you go. Another so, reason they should uh, renew his contract.
0: Oh, I agree. I think they should renew and I think they should renew and, you know, so, I mean, honestly, it's it's um it's gonna be great to have him back, you know. And, and then you know, look at that in the bottom, Duncan McGuire, Orlando bench. So we got two lions in this team of the match today. It's fantastic, right?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we just we continue to go from strength to strength right now. I think we were a bit worried about how we would do against Nashville, and now I've, I think we got a lot of confidence going into New England because of that Nashville result.
0: That's right, that's right. So let's read some comments real quick here. Uh, it says here, Galvez is a club legend. Uh, Richie gets paid 1.2 million. Zero shot guys. LOL. Uh, that was a def that was a deft Toronto that gave him that shite contract. LOL, that's Max Tam DP player reaching ain't worth it? What rookie gets paid one point two million? Uh I would say uh some of the rookies from Barcelona. That that kid Yamil, the new one, the sixteen year old, he gets paid eighty thousand euros a a month. I mean, if <laughs> you get paid eighty thousand euros a month, it's a pretty big payday day if you're a rookie, huh? Uh, so I mean if you want if you wanna make money, you gotta invest, man. One point two million. Uh I, there's in South America that cost one point two million that are not even at the level of Richie Larea. So um uh, and maintain him um, do you believe that uh Chicago's coach should, should have been in the in the I would say Oscar would have been in the coach discussion at least in this in this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: any of these weeks where he goes and wins a ways, you know, at. Is it because he beat other? Inter? Is that why? Because it was, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's
0: I mean, Chicago beat fine. Inter? Triangle Unbelievable, basket. man. Because Believe- he finally
1: got Shakiri to score a goal. So they were like, hey, that deserves, you know. But
0: yeah.
1: it's fine because when Oscar wins Coach of the Year, it won't
0: matter. And talk about a uh, four to a four to one win by Chicago Fire, huh? Four to one win, unbelievable against uh, Inter Miami, of all teams, right? The the league's darling. I think they deserved it. So
1: I looked up uh, Richard and According to what I could find last year, he was on one point one seven per year from. 2022 salary from toronto but then that apparently his, his contract ends like he's on loan right now to vancouver his contract ends from them at the end of this season so he'll probably be a free agent come january so maybe we can uh poach him away or maybe vancouver will sign him up i don't know but uh
0: i mean it I, think it, an, I think i think it's a great signing i mean uh nick nick Swearingen can have its his own views but he you know in in the end
1: i agree i just was interested to see how much he was actually getting paid
0: i mean i i would love to bring him back i mean it's better to you know he plays for the canadian national team for crying out loud i mean people people in orlando praise adrian winter for crying out loud freaking you know they make him like a freaking statue outside of explorer stadium Um. everything you know We should bring right. him back to just right. You to help bring him Sam back, to, Fry, you you know, back play play, just,
1: just bring him back so we can have him around and wave at him. Carlos Rivas, him too, of
0: course. Forever a lion.
1: No, Carlos Rivas is not welcome in the stadium. <laughs> Carlos Rivas could go on the roof and go get all the balls that he kicked up East there. People? That's what he can do if he comes to the stadium.
0: I'm trying to. I'm trying to put the actual image of uh, I should have used my my mouse hold on here you go now I can drag it out perfect I'm just trying to get the the actual nominees there you go the actual nominees right here so we can talk about that and uh, there you go so this is what um, the club uh, submitted right? So for this, Siggy Smith, MLS Coach of the Year, Oscar Pereja. Uh, Nick Serengan says he's... Uh, well, this, this, one, this is what MLS has
1: submitted with, from Orlando City candidates. From Orlando like obviously, City. there's a whole list of Coach mm-hmm. of the Year. Oscar's just been named as one of the candidates or nominees.
0: Uh, Duncan McGuire, Young Player of the Year. I think if he scores one a couple of more goals, I think he should... He should win that. Uh, Defender of the year, Robin Jensen, Antonio Carlos. I don't think Antonio's gonna get it. It's just my opinion. I think I, the I most... was
1: surprised to see Antonio in there, man. He's not yeah. played enough. Like I, any of these guys who get nominated who only played like like tw- 10, 20 games, it's not it's not enough.
0: Uh Robin Jensen, I think he. Robin Jensen, I think he's um he's definitely um one of the top defenders in the MLS. Um I don't know if he's gonna make it though. You know, I think they're going they always favor, you know, uh probably somebody one that, that probably won't support a shield and things like that.
1: I mean coach of the year. Like also the amount of nominees is just kind of ridiculous. Do like, you have
0: the whole list? Coach of
1: the yeah, I'll, I'll i think say can
0: it. you can you can you
1: share it? Yeah, here you go. And I'll then I'll... I'll um it's kind of ridiculous, man it's it's almost like, I don't count it them all, but it looks like it's a like every freaking team of the league. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I, I don't,
1: why I have such a long, it doesn't make any sense to me. The MLS comeback player of the year, that's a little bit short of a list. You know, I think, Robin Jansen could win that one. I could see that. Um, maybe like Miles Robinson is up there on that list. Uh, nice. I got, so, someone who has to come so back. We're starting for,
0: they're starting for coach, right? Coach like
1: Alan Polito maybe could win that one. You so. Know. You got guys like Brad Guzan on the MLS. Bradley comeback player year. How can you have a comeback player of the year who's 40 years old?
0: <laughs> so. Bradley Cornell, St. Louis. I I'll say he'll be a good competition for for Oscar. Yeah, I think
1: St. Louis will be a very, I mean, a very arguably so, right? You they know, the first year everyone? that that squad, everyone was like, you can't do it, and the fact that they've done that well with building a team that way without DPS like that is is, is deserving of recognition. So I wouldn't be mad if he won it over Oscar.
0: Yeah, for me, it's going to be honestly. I mean, I, I'm looking at this. It could also this. be
1: Pat Noonan. Look, I, I'm,
0: I'm, looking, I'm looking at this list and I'm going to tell you whose I think is going to go into like maybe a last, like another category. So Bradley Cornell, I think. Well, yeah, um, they
1: they dwindled this down, I hope. Right? Yeah. It wouldn't be the damn. Um, like it's going to be these
0: nominees. Like my picks will be Bradley Cornell, um, Pat Noonan. Uh, For sure. Oscar. uh, And you look, the league, in my opinion, what they're going to (laughs) do is they're going to be like, well, he did a great comeback story. Hernando Martino from Miami. Those four are going to go. I'm like
1: expecting one of these. Oh,
0: maybe Ben olsen because like two free. or
1: three of these awards to maybe go ben to olsen could like, I think Rookie of the Year, they're gonna give it to like Kramansky over Duncan or something ridiculous like that, and be like, "Oh, he learned how to play with Messi so quickly." Who?
0: Oh, oh, well, Kramansky. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing I can no. see them doing. No, they giving it to Duncan. him over Duncan. Like, yeah, but Duncan There's the difference. Duncan has hey, the
1: goals. Look, I totally agree. I'm just saying, like that's the kind of MLS thing they would do—is give it to a Miami player just because they want to talk about Miami.
0: So at the player nominees, um, who's like Orlando's? Well, how is Kamal in?
1: Miller in defender of the year nomination?
0: How have because, any of these defenders? He just if you're, if you're defending he, for a because, team that
1: isn't in the playoff position right now, we're officially just, not allowed to be in, in my opinion. Well, because he year. did
0: resign with with, with Inter, man.
1: Uh, it's just ridiculous. This list is <laughs> outrageous. And you got teams in here that are not defensively solid at all, so why are we even talking about them as being a defender of the year? That's, that's ridiculous.
0: I think uh, Orlando has a huge... Opportunity to win the Young Player of the Year with 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 Duncan McGuire because he has the goals, and I will say also Coach of the Year, even though probably he won't get it. Like I agree kind of with Nick because the Supporter Shield uh, Coach maybe she is going to win it, which is Pat Noonan. So, um, Defender of the Year, how is jack elliott in there <laughs> i was check Moore in there well anyways uh goalkeeper of the year there you go guys have you seen this john are you there
1: yeah i think goalkeeper of the year is is interesting um again i think i think berkey it's the kind of thing where they give it to Drake Calendar or something stupid like that, you know. Just why is Calendar there? Me. Why? Why is, it looks like I haven't counted these, but like I said, it looks like there's a guy from every team. Is this just submit who you want from your team? Ridiculous. Submit your first team goalkeeper to the
0: Ridiculous.
1: the goalkeeper of the year nominee. Like I don't understand what these. Who's making? Like, is it coming from? Not it's fan from votes. Brad I know Amazon. that. Determined voting groups. MLS players MLS coaches and media
0: well they, they're they, gonna they, vote they're... on
1: October 10th and oh. finish voting on October 23rd oh, sorry, I'll,
0: probably, I'll probably get the ping in on you October might get 10th. a vote on
1: this Luis um but well, they bo- seemingly I'm the, the I'm whoever, whoever collected the pool of names collected too big a pool of names if you ask
0: me <laughs> like this is just stupid definitely colander is not going to get it colander is where i rinse my broccoli i said it on the last spot and then Lendon donovan mls mvp here we go so Berkey is nominated in mvp and also goalkeeper of the year ricky pooch he's not going to get it that's for sure (laughs) you know who's going to get it right yeah yeah. Uh uh. He, yeah. You
1: know uh, nah, get her. Nah. He must not be named. Yeah. Old old Pethy himself.
0: Old yeah. Messi. Yeah. I mean,
1: they were probably hoping he'd score enough goals where they could get him the golden boot. You know, that was probably <laughs> he's course. decided to re- he's decided to go on holiday, like vacation early this season. He's like, nah.
0: I would be surprised. He's like, we're not be. gonna make
1: playoffs. We're done with the, these cups. I'm just gonna chill. You
0: know? Yeah. How's Christian Benteke <laughs> Bente here, man? That's
1: yeah, there. It's just... Wow. Throw whatever well, name you want in there.
0: Doug Redan is in the Newcomer of the Year, too. Alongside I've, uh Rafa Rafa Santos. Like, why is there
1: nothing for d There's, like, no midfielder of the year. Like, there's nothing for Cesar or...
0: Or, or Wilder. To
1: win. Like, why? It's all, like... Defender. The only MVPs are just going to be attacking mids, you know? Like, you're going to be like tens and, and strikers. Because like,
0: they have these uh, wins MVP every year. Im- so. impact, Im- impact Award. Yeah.
1: yeah. But that's not, I'm talking about like, where's the you know, defensive mid? Like, where's the midfielder? Not a defender. You're not a striker. <laughs> you're a winger. Hmm. There's nothing Look, for those MLB's guys. MLS
0: referee of the year. We have a uh, Orlando City favorite, Ted Uncle.
1: You notice how few nominees there are for the referees compared to the players.
0: <laughs> That's because of the referees like, wow, we,
1: we really tried to find three guys we thought maybe were just about good enough to win it wow. award. Wow.
0: Anyways, um, you know the the name of our of our episode today is Papian. Right and again, you know, in this, um, in this particular um, post press conference, Oscar Pareja was not asked about his his future. Right, um, we have a comment right here from Talant. Rich is getting paid more than Facu Torres. Does Nick Talon Coca you guys uh resign oscar now or wait till what happens after the playoffs and then we can talk about that other question about rodrigo
1: yeah i mean i think uh like we talked about before it's just oscar you know oscar he's not focusing on that right now the club doesn't seem to want to do it right now so you know, I think we just wait. And I think that's fine. I'm thinking Oscar is very happy here. I don't get the vibe like he wants to leave. Like I think, you know, like we talked about he's he's built a whole system here from the ground up. Like when his model is here from the first team into the OCB, into the U23s and down to the academy. And we're getting these guys moving up the ladder and everybody wants to play for Oscar at the top of that ladder. Right. And he's He's got the boys all bought in. And I think with some improvements next season to the squad, you know, add a few guys here, fix a few guys there, then there's absolutely no reason why we uh, we can't be doing even better. And we need Oscar around to do that. So, yeah, I think we'll renew him come the offseason. It's just a case of both parties seem happy to wait. So we'll wait it out.
0: Um, I believe that um, if you ask me if they should resign him now or wait till what happens after playoffs, I I, I think um, they should resign him now. You know, to me, to yeah. me, I, I feel like I mean, it, I, mean I, I think wanna...
1: at the time was like a month ago, Luis. Now it is like a, a distraction. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just don't want to now wait. Yeah, now. of course.
0: I mean, so so what happens if if he wins the cup? And then I'm gonna resign them. He, uh, you know, there's a, there's a possibility he may say, "Hey, you know, look, you had all this time to resign me, and you didn't, and now you're resigning me because of I won the cup." I you mean, I mean? Mean? He would hope I, not. I, I don't right? know, but um, <laughs> you would hope not. Right, right, right. So you know, it's he takes a he certain could do, of risk.
1: We well, there is a certain that. amount of risk I mean, He could of do that, right? I agree. I would have. I would have. <laughs> Once we turned the corner in the in the summer and there was that period where it really looked like we were gonna kick on and become a top four like like about two months ago, I would have pulled the trigger then So and I think the longer you wait now it's almost like you just, now you have to wait till the end of the season because you're gonna you know disrupt
0: yes yeah, yeah you disrupt
1: our flow and everything and course, Oscar said himself I, I don't so want to focus to on it right now so you're almost like being annoying to Oscar by trying to get him to sign a contract right now. But there but, was a period, at least by the end of the season. Obviously, before his contract actually expires, like the actual dates at the end of the year, I imagine. But I think it's still, you know, it's risky. I I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I think he's happy here. Even if we win MLS Cup, I don't think he's going anywhere. But it is a certain element of you've left yourself exposed. Um, and some people will say they're happy that they haven't renewed right now because they want to see what happens in the playoffs, which I understand if that's your argument. Like I get that. If you're if you're one of these I want results people who only sees it's acceptable that we win something tell, every year, we're we're... then that's fine. That's that's who you are. I'm not that person. So for me, I look at the whole season, I look at where we Same are here. on the season and I look at like the points and all of these things. We've, we've had a better year than we ever have. Right. So for me, I see progress. I'm happy with the team. I'm happy with the way we play. I think it's exciting soccer. I think the fans are coming back to the stadium. I think we're on an up like that's all you can hope for with your club is you're either going up or you're going down. That's it. Your trajectory is up or you're down. And we're we're on the up right now. And Oscar's a huge part of that, obviously. So I want him to stay for that reason. I think he will be renewed. Um, And I think regardless, for me personally, whatever happens, even if we knock on wood, even if we go out in the first round, uh, I'm not, I would never, like at this point, I don't think I would feel that Oscar shouldn't be here next year. There's nothing now at this point in the season that would make me change my mind about wanting to renew him and have him next year. If we don't have him in the next year, Luis, we got to start all again with with figuring everything out. Like we're in a good place now with the manager and the squad. We just need to improve it a little bit and go again with these same tactics and the same team. That's that's how you build. You know, it's all about a two or three year project. You're never going to do anything in one season. That's not how managers a plan, think. They 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 did needed-
0: it. Atlanta
1: did it. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta did it. Did it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Atlanta did it. I mean, obviously there are some examples, but I'm talking about Oscar's <laughs> plan. <right? laughs> it was not a right. one-year well, plan, I'm, right? It
0: is exaggerating because that's yeah, how when people he came found in, he was online. planning
1: for three or four years. And now we're seeing the fruits of the labor, like it's been growing year on year on year. And this year might be our big year. It might not. All you gotta do then is roll again for the next year with the same plan maybe improve it a little bit, maybe tweak some things. Um, You don't need to throw it all out and and start over. I don't think that's necessary. Other people will say differently.
0: Look, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and and I feel like, you know, it would be great for the boys. You know, because this, I mean, this could be, I mean, it's not like I know Oscar, but, I mean, I've been around Oscar, and he seems like a very you know, C- triple C type of guy, cool common collective, you know what I mean? All of this could be handled backstage, number one. And also, this could be used as a great PR stunt. And how better to send Orlando City to his first playoff game with his coach renewed? You know what I mean? And putting a huge display, popping in 2024, You know what I mean? You're selling it, right? Number one is a win-win for the fan base. Now, you have to understand that, you know, Orlando has had, I think, this year, one of the most successful runs in the MLS. I think we we have to say this has been one of the most successful runs in the MLS. Now, in the beginning of the year, you know, people started you know doing the you know trying to do civil war like the avengers right puppy in puppy out right and now obviously i think it's been demonstrated by soccer by the playability of the team by oscar that it took a little while to get the the gears going but in the end it's paying off dividends correct the investments and the moves the front office uh there's not always going to be a perfect front office move but i think they have done a good job a a great job i would say you know we have jared in you know with relations with the fans and things has improved tremendously right you know so to a point that he has to (laughs) slap a couple of them on the wrist for talking so much trash right you know and and uh, and again, you know, for the people that were popping out, you know, before, eventually, guys. I mean, it is part of the. It's Hakuna Matata. People in the fan base are going to say, "Hey, weren't you?" You know, kind of like in the Bible, right? You know, like kind of like, weren't you the guy who set "papi out" like four months ago? You know, and you're going to have to just say, "Yeah, you know what? I had to change your heart," you know. But I'm Orlando City through and through, baby. They're not gonna bother you anymore. They're gonna welcome you with open arms because we're one big family. But if you are gonna act like a victim, it's not gonna play out very well for you. I'm just saying it because I've seen it online. So, so you know, I feel like it's a perfect opportunity for everyone in the Orlando City community to be united and gear for the voice what's coming in 2024. And not only that, the most successful season run in the MLS, which has been this year's. uh And for what comes out into playoffs and really up for, for Oscar. Now, if the club does not renew him and he decides to part ways, I know he will always be a huge part of history in this club. And it's okay. That's the decision has been made. It's going to be respected. You cannot agree with it, but that's fine. Things happen. But no one, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling, you know, I work in HR, so I kind of have a sixth sense. You know, I have a feeling that if he's no longer part of Orlando City, people are going to start coming out saying, oh, you see, my sources were right. No one knows what's going to happen in the front office. No one knows what's going to happen. No one has the inside scoop. And whoever is telling you that has the inside scoop is wrong, man. I'm just being completely honest, you have to just support. And, and I feel like this team is in such high, we need to continue that high as a fan base, you know. And we've done a tr- I think everyone in the club has done a tremendous job this year from backstage, from the, the boys, from even journalists, you know, people that are in the press box. They I mean, have a phenomenal job covering the team this year. And I think we're coming into the end of the season in which it's do or die and we don't need this nonsense right i, I just feel like we don't need this nonsense and and i, I think that would be a great opportunity for the for the club to just put a stop to it and just say hey you know what uh he may be staying he may not be staying and in the end is their decision right john
1: yeah i mean that's the thing we 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 don't know what the wolves feel about the situation I would assume they're happy, like we said last pot. They were at the game for the last win um, on Saturday at home, so I, I think they're happy. I think it's just a case of a matter of time. Uh, also, like you're bringing up the comment here from from Jeffrey O about if not Oscar, then who? Um, I think a lot of people are quick to name like other international <laughs> coaches from like
0: and Europe Harry. or yeah, like that kind <laughs> of name
1: or like Tite that gets thrown around. And Cheech. My, Cheech. my my big thing is Cheech. you need guys who understand MLS. It's such a unique league. So it's not proven that you just come in with a European coach or a South American coach and or he's instantly able to make your team better. I think often people are like, think that a new coach will instantly make the team better is not always the case. Sometimes you go backwards. If you try and, you know, move out of one coach or another, you think you can get something better. And an Oscar, I, I really think is one of the best coaches in MLS. He's proven that through the stats um, over the years. And I think this year he's changed his style where if he was still playing, you know, every win, like a one-nil Oscar Pappy special, <laughs> I, even myself yeah, would yeah. be like, yeah, like I've had enough and, of watching And this. we were like,
0: critical. I mean, I mean, we were critical. I mean, I think. Yeah, of course. We, like, we were, like, I understand. I mean, we, we said it.
1: argument of it's boring soccer when it was. But this year, it's changed. It's significantly mm-hmm. changed. And I think, you know, there, you can't make that argument right this season. So I see the growth that he's made. And I believe that, therefore, he is, you know, able to keep up with, with the other MLS coaches in the league and is one of the best. For us, and I'm shown this year is second. I mean, would would you have said earlier in the season, Luis? We said you know third or fourth. We'd be delighted with. I, I I'm we're still second. amazed that we're probably going to end up in second. Like I, most likely, you know, unless we really slip up here against New England, which are in free fall, and Toronto, which should be an easy three points. We should end up in second, which is the best that we've ever done. So, in the MLS, if that's not good enough to renew Oscar. I don't know what you know. I guess people want even more.
0: And I want to take it from John because he said it <clears throat> you evaluate uh, a manager's um, renewal based on the whole season, not just if you win or lose. Uh, because each game in the playoffs is a final, essentially, each game in the playoffs is a finals, do or die. And now Jeffrio asked, if not Poppy, then who? I don't know the next manager in the free agent list to be honest, the next best prospect. Like, it, I will tell you what I would like. I can only tell you what I would like. I personally, Luis Carlos Pineda, I would like someone that knows the league. <laughs> you know? Because it is a tough league to to play, the scheduling, you know, the back and forth, um, some of the, you know, and, and I think we do i would find somebody that, ha- that has experience in the league um that's able to communicate and speak two languages mainly right because if you get and with all due respect you get chiche Chiche, chiche you no know? uh, corinthians right a brazilian national team no doubt he's a fantastic manager but he speaks portuguese uh, a little bit more and if he's taking some English classes, great, but it's not the same, my friend. It's not the same. You don't you don't trans you don't translate the same. And you're not gonna be with a translator your whole freaking 90-minute match giving orders with a translator. It doesn't make any sense, right? So it has to be somebody that is able to get used to the league. And I would like someone if that's the case, I would really focus on, on that type of manager and I will open the wallet to get like four big or three really good dps that are like names like that that, that would that would be just me and keep the core of this team that that'll be what i would like now then again i don't know what john well, likes. I, I would
1: also say if you look at you know you look at what happened in the last few years with these mls guys that are similar to oscar like the likes of you know Caleb Porter and Bruce right. Arena, for example, this year, like he, Oscar was in that era, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are like not able to be effective in the league like they used to be. Right. And Oscar has managed to maintain that's you know that winning that win rate at the the height that he has. It's like over fifty percent or something. So I'm um, sorry, wait, listen, that like thirty percent. So he's he's done really really well, and I think. If you're looking at MLS experience, there's not necessarily a huge amount of guys on the market that I would want to go for. I think if I was going to bring in another manager who wasn't Oscar and I wanted MLS experience, you've got to go steal one away from another MLS team that's doing really well at the moment. And that's difficult to do. Yeah, right. Like, but do you want to want to live since like like, probably not, right? So uh, it's kind of like how Columbus did and stole Wilfred Nazi away from Montreal that that I could understand, but who we would go and get and where and whether they would be able to be as successful as Oscar has been.
0: right you, know? you can look you can compare Europe with US. you can you cannot compare. South America to U.S. U.S. is on its own. You guys understand that? Have, we have a different schedule. The, the different geography. travel in itself is a whole
1: different Yeah. Place.
0: So, look, you can bring Frankie Lampard. I love Frankie Lampard. I think he's a phenomenal player. He, I, I, like, I'm like. i a huge Chelsea fan, too, and I, I, I would love for Frankie Lampard to, to be a coach in the MLS. But we've seen what happened with Wayne Rooney, as a coach in the latter years in his career, not, not too good. I mean, he doesn't, it's a different league. It doesn't guarantee you success just to bring like, look at Miami, you know, the last coach of Miami was a successful coach too in in England, I believe. Right. Two and a successful player playing for menu. So, Right. And look at that, you know what I mean. So it, it, it's a it's a league on its own, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you know
1: who's still just kicking around without a job. Who? Jesse Marsh.
0: Oh, well, there you go. That could be an option.
1: I mean, if if he's he done with its European experiment, I wouldn't say no. I mean, some people might not like the idea of Jesse Marsh, but I. I think he did I very well in me. Europe. I think he would others. He obviously knows MLS, his time playing in the league, etc. So, I think he would be a guy who could end up becoming a very good MLS coach. And if you were to be the team who brought him back here, you'd probably end up with a, you know, a very You're good right. answer on your hands at this level. Like, if you can't coach Leeds in the Premier League, doesn't mean you can't coach in MLS. Like the guy did very well in Germany, etc. So. That's the kind of person I would look look
0: to go for. No, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say also a, a theory, right? If let's say Orlando goes for the South American dream and they go and get Tite, right? Or they got a big name like South American well-regarded coach or you know, somebody like you know, a, a big name in soccer, um that will mean that there will be a messy-like transfer. <laughs> That's the only, you know, you're going to try to imitate what interest is doing. Get a prolific GM with a prolific coach and then partner it up with a prolific player. Do we need that right now? Have we built that right now? Are we in that position to do that? Or do we have a base? We have youth. We have a uh, youth, We have a culture. Like, are we going to throw all of that away or are we are going to build upon the cement, that, like the, the the house that we have, like the first floor? Are we going to build the second floor or are we going to just knock it all down and start over? Because that's exactly, in my opinion, what you're going to do. I mean, if you're going to get a prolific coach, like let's say Hernan Crespo, right, uh, or, or Jorge Sampaoli, for people that speak uh, Spanish, Sampaoli playing OM, right, Marseille, he's been kicked out in every from every league. Uh, you're going to bring him over. You're gonna. That, that means you're going to have to sign a, pro, has come with a prolific GM. He's going to be able to communicate with him, change things behind the scenes for this coach to thrive. And then that's going to mean that a big name is going to come. Like you're talking about a Neymar, a, you know, somebody, maybe because it's San Paolo, maybe somebody from Argentina, a big name, you know, because otherwise why making that, because we already have, Youth. Look at OCB. Great season too for OCB.
1: I mean, I think that that fourth DP, that third DP spot, and potentially a fourth that there's been rumored that the, you know, so we could add two DPS in the summer. I think it's way more effective if we add them directly into you know Oscar's system and say these are the the gaps we want to plug, right? And then that's just a case of adding not not as big a change that we did in this last off season right which will not take as long for the new guys to gel in as it did this year that's that's how you build on this for next season i think if you start again without oscar it's whatever you do you're going back to you know zero and there's also a real you know uh, danger that we lose some players Faku, right for example i think is a that's uh, i think faku potentially you know i think we talked about ac you know potentially not being here next year so there will have to be some turnover and some change but you hope that you can keep the majority of the squad together and kind of roll this you know good form and this season's success into next season that's what you're aiming to do maybe win the mls cup this year and then it won't matter what we do in the off season because we would have just won the MLS cup and we'll say, Hey, we're the, well, reigning I mean, champs.
0: Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If Orlando city wins the MLS cup, which I'm going to say this, we have a good chance and there's nothing wrong to say that we have a good chance. I mean,
1: when the league's pundits start saying <laughs> we have a good chance, that's what I was like, wait a minute. So, Are you I mean, talking we have about us chance, winning we, the
0: MLS cup? Yeah. Yeah. We have a good chance. And, and, uh, I and mean, there's nothing wrong to say we have a good chance. And, uh, the, and I say this too, <clears throat> if they're listening, that's fine. But, like, I mean, open the wallet, my friend. I mean, if you're gonna win the MLS Cup, you, you know, you're gonna have, if you if you want it, you have to win it again. That's the mentality, right? You're not gonna just bottom down. I mean, I don't expect, for example, Cincy win the Supporters Shield and then bottoming down next year. They're playing Conca champions. I see them making big moves maybe this offseason too, you know? So I'm just saying, guys. Um, so, you know, Justin uh, Barliski, I want to say hello to Justin. Thank you so much for joining, my friend. Do you think it's more likely or less likely that Faku was back next year? Uh, it depends a lot of what happens in the season here, you know?
1: I think the thing that helps us a bit is it's like it's a lot of money for European teams to spend on him in January. Uh Like if it was, I think that's the difference, right? I think it's more, he could go in January, but then I think if he doesn't go in January, it's even more likely that he goes next summer. You know, like if he does he's going in one of those windows. Do you see it that way?
0: I, I agree with you. Like if he doesn't um, go
1: in January, he's going next summer. I think pretty much plus for, sh- for sure. Like in his plan, this was a stepping stone club, and he needs to go to Europe within the next couple of years if he wants to be able to have a career there.
0: He's going to have to start in a team. I mean, he could easily play in a team like maybe you know Newcastle, Brighton.
1: They had the IX um, rumor. I think that would. Be, I, I I think Ajax if he goes to totally the Premier great. League, he's going to struggle, Louis. I think he doesn't yeah. have the physicality. He doesn't have that I, other I agree. Like he's a good player for like the Italian League or the you know French league, but I don't think he'll be able to do it in, in the
0: Premier League, sad so to say. Um the adjective rumour could be true. Um if it is, then you know, wish him the best. It will always be a lion, you know, and like like John said, this was a step and stone club. But um honestly, be, I, I think that um He's also going to see what's the best deal for him and his family, right? So it's all also comes to.
1: Yeah, come I mean that's what I hope for him is that he doesn't, you know, like the Arsenal thing is cool, but I would but worry that he's just going to go and sit on the bench and yeah, not really. Play he's going to be loaned, get lost, and get loaned to like a championship club or get loaned out to Europe somewhere else. You know, it's and if that's he wants to do that for a couple of seasons, but I don't. He's like we said, he's not going to go and get in the Arsenal lineup like it's just not it's not going to happen there's too many good attacking the fielders. so i think it's better for him to go somewhere because we like Faku like that you know <laughs> if he's going to leave i want him to be successful in europe and it's more likely for him to do that it's like a you know like a europa league club right that's where he needs to be he needs to be somewhere that he's going to get european football consistently in a team where he's he's not having to compete for, exactly. Uh, I, agree. I think he knows that. Right. Yeah. Like he came to Orlando City knowing that he was going to be one of our top players. And I think he wants that probably for his next move as well.
0: Correct. We're going to do the lineup for for New England. Uh I do want to say that um Google is favoring us for us to win the game. Fifty five percent to twenty two percent. So we have the up and up according to Google. Well, New
1: England they're they're struggling man. They're yeah, like they the lost against Columbus and 2-1. And, yeah. They I mean they obviously everything that happened with Bruce Arena and now they've got their interim coach. They actually replace him officially or they just like will ride it out with the interim for the rest of the season.
0: I'm not I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that. I'll be honest with I have you. I've not I've not been follow, following New England. But I mean, they have still have a uh, couple of good players, and um, look, you have uh, Dijon Jones. He he was a starter. Um, they also have, I think, their center back duo. It's um, really weak. Farrell and Romney. I think they're doing laying down. Um, then they have Mark Anthony Kay. I mean, I mean, he's always pretty consistent. They have Carlos Hill, and uh, to me, they have. Uh, two two players that are pretty interesting. One that used to play with uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, Chankalai, former Racing Club player, uh, and also Brioni, right? So they have some, it's a team that it's really maybe not star-studded, maybe not, doesn't have the consistency or the, on the level that that we do but I mean they have to me a, a very dynamic player that if you give him a lot of space he's gonna punish you which is Carlos here my opinion he still has it so uh let's do the lineup uh, real quick um obviously a goal uh, Pedro galese is that correct
1: oh yeah
0: would you keep Kyle or would you would you keep Kyle or would you bring back Dagger? In my opinion... Uh, I'll, I'll, I think Dagger's coming back. I think Dagger's coming back as I well. Think
1: they, I think it was smart to put yes. Kyle in for the New England game because they're so nope. aggressive down those wings and we needed his extra defensive ability, but also you've rested Dagger. So now Dagger's fresh and ready to go for this home game.
0: Now, this is a question Justin Barliski was saying in uh, on Facebook. Um, now, do you think... Do you think that we're gonna pick Schlegel or AC? Because AC is back. So would you put back your, you know, your official star-studded center-back duo, AC and Robin, or would you start Schlegel?
1: Like a month ago, I was like waiting for AC to come back. Now I think after these last three games. Schlegel has is, is improved significantly in lots of ways. I think he's not making those mistakes. And we've seen like three good games in a row from him, especially last game. I feel like he was everywhere, you know, and I, he hasn't made, he hasn't made those same silly mistakes in the last three games that cost us goals. So I think he's going to stay in. And I also think that the Toronto game is the perfect game to bring AC back for. I think it'll be, Schlegel starting AC off the bench again, probably like the 60th or you know get him a little bit more time for Antonio on the field, but just building Antonio's fitness for him to start the Toronto game, which will be perfect because it get him a, a one you know full 90 minute game before we go into playoffs, which will most likely see you know a combination of of Antonio and and Jansen. I don't think Schlegel is keeping his spot. I just think that he's keeping it for one more game. What What do you think?
0: Well, in the beginning, I said, you know, he's back. He's been nominated, you know, with, with. Yeah, with that's Jensen. just like really not like, it just shows you how
1: bad those nominations are. Yeah, I just said in the, the beginning. AC, right? like in the beginning. Even us were like, why is AC on this list?
0: <laughs> right. In, in, no, I'm just kidding. So. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think we need to. I mean, look it took it took him so long to get to get back in shape. Um, we need him for the playoffs. We already know we're in the playoffs. We are not gonna win if we rush him right away. We're not. You know, we, we have more to lose if we rush him. I don't
1: think we need him. Yeah, for this game. You I, know, I like it's, it's, Schlegel was playing badly the last three four games, but he isn't. Like he's playing very well. And I also think that New England just aren't looking at threatening, right? Like if we're desperately needing the points in this game, I would, I would push for him, but there's no need.
0: I think he's going to have some minutes, like you said, maybe minute 65, you know, put him back in, but in having some minutes with, with the boys, but I believe she is going to start this game with Robin Jensen. Right. And uh, that's going to be a center back. too. I think that's the most, I think that's the safest, you know why? Because, what if you rush him? Then you have maybe Brioni, the number nine for, for New England. He he falls weird, twists something. We're out of our a star-studded center back duo in the playoffs. We're gonna be smart now that we have the depth. Just like Oscar said, no matter who's on the bench, is gonna uh, is gonna perform the level that I want. He's confident. Yeah.
1: yeah that's the thing. So
0: I think yeah. that goes with Schlegel having the starting spot against New England, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that, John.
1: I agree. Yeah. He gets this game and then and then AC <laughs> in for, for Toronto.
0: Yeah. And then you put AC where where he needs to be in the playoff game. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would start him, like I said, for Toronto because I think he needs to get a full 90 before the playoffs. But He doesn't need to be playing a full 90 in this one. Maybe they'll start AC and just bring him off at halftime. Like, that's fine too. I'm good with that. If we want to get him more minutes, you want to start him and take him off early. That's good too. I just don't see, I don't see Antonio playing a full 90 anytime, you know, for this game at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, (laughs) you know, I I, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, we we have so much depth. I think we can make, and, and we're in such we're in the end part of the regular season. I think we can take him out for a little bit, have him fully re, fully recover, and then go all out in the playoffs. And I think that's you know, he he's deserved that too because he's played some monster seasons before. You know, since he arrived, he's pretty much been the starter. <laughs> You know, non-stop. So I think he he also would like that. So Schlegel Jensen and, and Rafael Santos. I mean, Santos is I mean, what a year of Santos, my friend. What a year. You know, it started kind of like you remember, I remember the first episodes. Uh you and I, John, we're like, Man, Santos, I don't know where they got him from. I'm like, You see, that's what you well, mean. He, he was nominated
1: a newcomer of the year, right? So yeah,
0: newcomer of the year, and then the double pivot, right? What? A, what about the double pivot, my friend? Double. Where the double pivot city? Paint the double. The double pivot purple, right? Double pivot.
1: That's where it's at.
0: Double pivot is where it's at. I tell. I tell people from Peru. That's what the Peruvian team needs to do and be playing the double pivot. They're like, no man, you're playing too defensively. That's where you're That's where Cartagena is excelling. Double pivot. So the double pivot, my friend, um, we are uh, taking names of the double pivot. Uh, I will keep uh, Wilder and Cesar, you know? And then if we are up, if we are up maybe one or two goals, maybe bring in Felipe at that point, right? It's a, it's a possibility. You have to give people some rest, right? I mean,
1: yeah. it's You've got so many options, right? I. <laughs> I think Oscar would probably put Angulo back in. I yeah, I
0: think he's I definitely. think it would be
1: back to the lineup that we had on last Saturday at home. Mm-hmm. I think he just changed things for Nashville because it was a very specific match and I think Angulo was tired more than thing and he wanted to that's I think maybe Oscar saw that he wasn't playing his best and perhaps out see thought cuz he was tired so he rested him. <laughs> um so I can see you know going back to like you got on the screen there, you know, Pedro, Dagdan Schlegel, Jansen, Antonio Santos, the double pivot, Mauricio, Angulo on the left, Faku on the right, and Duncan up top. I think that's most likely what we'll see from this game. Would you ever think different than that? I mean, do you think Ojeda is
0: – Yes. I absolutely. mean, he,
1: he could stay in that spot. It could Ooh. happen.
0: Who is a, an important player for Orlando City that if he gets injured, we're like, oh man, I don't know. Mauri, I think Mauricio, the captain, I think he's being very important in very important games. Maybe not in this last one, but you know, because he's inconsistent, I will have to say, you know, but when it comes to playoff time, I mean he is the he's that guy who sparks the fire, right? Especially so we need him to be on point. And I think in this game, because we're facing an inferior competition right now, which is New England right now, we're facing a team that's falling down like Alicia Keys falling. They keep up falling, falling down, right? So we could maybe have, in my opinion, and this is just, you know, I am nobody here, but I will put maybe Ojeda here. Or even... Or, or even better, put Faku in the mid and put Ojeda right here. And see how that goes. Yeah. And then these three can keep switching places, driving people crazy. Uh, I mean,
1: I think it's just Mauricio, like, is, is Oscar's boy, right? So we've seen that he, he trusts Mauricio to play that 10 more than anybody else. Of I don't course. think Oscar likes anybody in the 10 apart from – we saw – um Junior Urso came on, but he wasn't really
0: no, he's, he's like he came on as like another
1: eight, really. Like you could come on and play the ten at that point in the national game. So I think if anybody's playing the ten, it's it's Mauricio. I agree though. I would do it the other way. I would put Ojeda there. I think Ojeda is the guy now. Yeah, that's what I would do. I I think other people would argue don't drop Mauricio because it's gonna change things too much. I can see that. But I, I would just say that, you know, there's there's a lot of passes he doesn't make. For a guy who's who's supposed to be the creative passer in the teams, there's a lot that he gives away. And every time he does, it's possession back to the other team high up the field, right? So I know we're gonna have, we're having to recover and get back. Um, so that's the only thing about Mauricio. And I feel I feel like he's had better games recently but it, it just it goes up and down you know it, it's so inconsistent. Do you feel that way about him? Like is some weeks he's you know he's there and other weeks I'm just like what are you yeah doing
0: I that? just think it's the where I think it's the wear and thread yeah, just I think I think, I think I think that's the thing we have to manage I think now that we and, have the depth and I'd we, rather
1: not play a tired Mauricio if he's not gonna play well.
0: Right. I mean we're playing I mean look we're playing at home we're gonna it's gonna be a beautiful all the fans are gonna be screaming you know they're gonna be the 12th man's gonna be there it's our last home game in the regular season. Um, I, I feel like you know we're already clinched. You know, let's 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 put you know let's try these guys out. Maybe you know make it try a different lineup here and there. You know, I think we 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 could take the liberty of doing that now. We beat the the, the toughest rival out of the three last games, which is Nashville.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Oscar. Like we said, he just wants those points now. So of course. I think he's not gonna do anything to like rotate to make us weaker yeah, yeah, yeah. in his eyes, but, but also he like you said, he's quite happy to change anybody in and he doesn't see it as us getting weaker. So I would think the argument is there for Ojeda to stay in the lineup personally. I think he like you look at how many assists he has, he's got as many as Baku. So, if you find a way to keep keep Faku at Ojeda, it's not so much getting Mauricio out of there. It's just having Ojeda and Faku are two DPs. Like, that's what it comes down to. They're our two best attackers.
0: That's right. I agree. On the field. So, So are we we staying with this lineup or are you switching it to, to Mauricio?
1: I mean, it depends. We're doing the if it's if it's Oscar or it's Mauricio. If it's us, I would go with that. But
0: anyway, if, if, if it's us, I would go with this. Yeah, I agree. And if it's and if it's Oscar, um, yeah. you know, if it's us, it'll be Galese, Dagger, Schlegel, Jensen, Santos, Cesar, and Wilder, and the three in the middle: uh, Angulo on the left, Ojeda in the middle, Facundo on the right, and then up top, Duncan McGuire. And then if it was uh, Oscar. Right. Um we would have Galese as a, your goalkeeper, Daggerden, Schlegel, Jensen Santos, Cesar Wilder, Faku Maudi, and then Ivan Angulo on the left. And then right off top, you'll have Duncan McGuire. So
1: I think the nice thing about if you play Angulo Ojeda and Faku is it doesn't really matter which one is in the 10. Right. Because you can kind of like they they all able to play and rotate and move around a bit more freely where Mauricio's in there. He just sticks to the middle of the park like he's just in the center of the field. You know, you don't see Mauricio wandering out to the wing to go, you know, dribble up the wing like Angulo or Faku or Hayden. So with those three and that combo that we said, you have a lot of options for them to be able to change position. And like we've seen, Oscar likes to do that because it throws the defense off. You know, taking a Faku from the right wing to the left wing creates problems for the opposition.
0: Correct, I agree with you. I think I think it'll be it's going to be an interesting game, and uh, I'm going for a Orlando City win. I think Orlando wins this game three goals nil. Uh, a hat trick from Duncan, the Holland of the Heartland. Hear
1: that, Paula? A hat trick.
0: Hat trick from Duncan McGuire.
1: She better be this game. I need to let her know because I want to come tailgate with her. Um, I I think it's another three goals. Yeah, we seem to like three goals at home. Uh, I'm actually gonna change my mind. I'm gonna go with a four nothing.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Nothing for me. You know, you I don't. Think yeah, that, you. Know, Is the first time since you yeah, started. it. I think New England are
1: just. I think they. I think they're struggling. They're not, you know, they are, they had so much turmoil going on. I, I would say New England right now, the way they look is more like in the level of Montreal they Don't look at where they are in the table and think that that's the kind of level of team we're going to play. You know, they were up there, but now they're kind of struggling and and drawing teams and losing to teams and, you know, barely winning. So, i think we'll be able to do a number on them and surprise them and i think we we want revenge remember we lost to them when we went there earlier in the season i think oscar remembers that you know he remembers these things the boys remember these things uh, i believe four nil and i think it's going to be definitely a, a a duncan goal and a faku goal um and then I'm gonna say an another goal, and then I'm gonna say another Duncan goal. So two for Duncan. He won't get three. He'll A get brace
0: two. for Duncan McGuire. Wow. Yeah, he's oh back,
1: man. He's back on fire. And we said we need him, you know, scoring again for the playoffs. So it's great to, uh, great to have our our striker situation. You know, there was some worry when when Kara went. Some people were concerned.
0: Yeah, so people said, we don't worry. Duncan
1: will be back scoring soon, and, and there he is. So. That's so we were people, there up. were
0: people saying, hey, we have uh you know so many I think um players on the on the free agent list, you know, why don't we sign some, you know? Nani also was training, remember? Nani was training training with uh with the boys, you know, and they were like getting excited. It's like, oh my god, Danny. But anyways, um I wanted to thank everyone uh for the show today. Um anything you want to add, John, before we go
1: no i just I'll quickly mentioned the you know the pride it's awesome win uh on monday yeah, right for our pod they beat angel city and with a, a incredible goal from um, from leal like i mean it was I'm sorry adriana he smashed it top bins from miles away is, is awesome <laughs> so i invite everybody to go back um and watch that one so the pride now they're right on the edge at least. um they're on seventh and sixth is the playoffs they're on 28 points the team in sixth or Olymp- oil rain are on 28 points as well so they've got two games left uh they are away tomorrow at racing louisville and then sunday october 15th they are at home to the houston dash i'll be going to that Final pride game of the season, and I'm sure you'll be there as well. Yes, Luis. I'll be there.
0: I'll, I'll be like there. I'll drag Powell out to
1: this one to tell her to come out. Um, I really want all the all the teams in the playoffs, man. We talked about, yeah, that
0: same before. here. Be it'll so be, it'll be fantastic. So, it'll I'll be, um, be
1: Everybody cheer on the girls and uh, you know, the women and make sure they get give them that extra push needed, uh, as well as you know, the guys. Obviously, we're secure and we're ready for the playoffs, and let's hope uh, that the pride can get there too. And then that's that's all three teams, and I'll be delighted.
0: Anna Morehouse, goalkeeper of Orlando Pride, staying in purple, so they signed to a two-year deal for yeah. Anna Morehouse, fantastic goalkeeper. Um, I will say, and Great she
1: player. hasn't been playing a lot too, so that's nice that she's yeah. So she's not concerned; um, she's happy to stay in the squad.
0: And then you know the pride, the pride is going for the playoff push, and to me, one of the players that is it's uh, detrimental. In this is Haley McCutcheon, in my opinion. I mean, one of the best defenders that the Pride has right now. Aside of Rafa, I think she's uh, a phenomenal player. And, uh, you know, honestly, go and support the Pride. You know, they have now uh, their new moniker kits and all that stuff. So you should definitely uh, go in and check out a game. Um, yeah, that's Haley right there. Um, I'm 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 happy. I'm happy that they're having a successful season, especially with Sab and Giles. You know, um, in the in the driving seat, right? In the driving seat. Isn't in other years,
1: um, Luis, they would they would be in like 12th or 11th right now, and we'd be, we wouldn't be talking about pride at all at all because it would be like they're just seeing out the rest of their terrible games, but this is nice for us to be able to be focusing on them at the end of the season to try and make that playoff push and hopefully have, you know, more games after.
0: That's right. And I think the front office also is doing a, a great push for, to getting all these good players now that have honestly played phenomenal since they started. So I couldn't imagine how good they're going to play started, start, you know, when they do preseason. I mean, imagine that. You know Adriana, Rafa coming in from preseason. I think they'll be, they'll be beasting. Yeah,
1: the squad really came together. Yeah. Once Adriana. it's exciting, exciting so. what's
0: happening with the Pride. You know, and we commend, we commend everyone to go and support uh, the yeah. women of Orlando Pride. It's Monday,
1: October fifteenth, your last chance.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, anything else you want to add, John? Before we go?
1: No, just uh, you know, um, follow me on Twitter. It's John Rollins OCSD. If you want to see my. My tweets and my takes on everything. Um, if not, I'll see you all on Saturday for another home win against New England Revolution and uh, Bamos Orlando, Luis.
0: Oh, no, Bamos Orlando. You can uh, find John right here. It's uh, If you're on, if you're watching, um, you know, it's his Twitter right here. You can also follow me on my own Twitter. I have, if it's Pineda underscore ORL, uh, where is it? Right here. Um, and I'll say, obviously-
1: Follow the pod on Twitter. Follow us on yeah, the Facebook page, on Instagram.
0: On Instagram, Google. YouTube. We're, we're, we're everywhere on, there, on, you know. on YouTube. If you're listening
1: later, you can, you know, we're usually on Monday nights. You can come come watch us live and ask your questions.
0: Yeah, uh, Mondays, Mondays at 8.30. We're live. Uh, you can ask your questions. If you are listening, thank you so much for doing so. Spread the word. Subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and then uh, on the description of the video, you're uh, of the audio, sorry, of the episode, you're going to have all our social media there, and also Paola's podcast was called Tito de Esquina in Spanish. It's going to be right there. There's a link for all the channels, so make sure you subscribe, and thank you so much for everyone that's uh, joined us in this uh, show today, midweek, uh, we have a, um, a big game on, on Saturday against New England Revolution. And vamos, Orlando. See you guys. Vamos, Orlando. Get the three points. Have a wonderful day. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our Purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore O-R-L. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando and on Twitter as L-P-O underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and ¡Vamos, Orlando!